0: You are about to hear the most interesting, informative, thought-provoking, opinion-leading, and funny show in America, on air and on the World Wide Web. This is The Rob Carson Show.
1: And by the grace of God, it is finally Friday. <sighs> I can breathe. Last night we were on stage with Jim Gossett um, at the Double Tree. in a... Uh, a big room, and uh, we did the show. We did the show. And I think, I think you know, I'm, I'm my worst critic, so I'm, you know, I last night I stayed up till about 2, thinking about what I could do better, you know, I'm my own worst enemy. That's my other theme song, My Own Worst Enemy by Lit, the band. It's no surprise to me, I am my own worst enemy. <laughs> it's true. It's really true. Every day I got a little battle going on between my... I always like to say instead of a love-hate relationship, I have a hate-hate relationship with myself. I look in the mirror, I'm like, oh. Dear God. But anyway, uh, we did the show last night, and um, we did get two standing ovations. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. So clearly, the hotel bar was open before the show. That's the only thing I can come up with. (laughs) But something cool happened last night. Something cool happened last night. I got to know this. Well, here's what happened. I'm outside of the room getting ready to be introduced. They are going to play an instrumental version of the National Anthem. Jonathan is this wonderful guy here who works at the radio station, social media, wonder kind, just a cool kid. He's a man. Sorry. I should not say that. Dear God in heaven, Rob. I hated that when I was 22. (laughs) Uh, he's He's a fine young man and he gave me the story by the way on the fbi pulling the uh, the investigation of the pedophile to go after uh, old ladies who uh, walked into the used the bathroom on january the 6th he brought that in but but he 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 said hey, i wonder if there's anybody here who can sing the national anthem and this guy steps up his name is scott willens he ran for uh, the Maryland State uh, 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 Legislature District Five. He was he was running for Maryland State Delegate District Five. He did not win because ah, Maryland, you know, and uh, and he he got up and he sang that anthem, and and this guy I said to him I thought he was thirty, maybe thirty two, because he had a he had a an Iraq War hat on, and I'm thinking. Wow, man, you're a young guy to go to Iraq. He's 52. And he looks ridiculous. I'm looking at his Facebook now. Like, I hate him. He looks so good. But he, he went up and he sang and he owned it. Now, for those of you who are vocal aficionados like me, uh, Steve Perry, Journey. Uh, Getty Lee, Rush. Um, Chris Cornell, you know. All of them. Maintain their range. Oh, David Lee Roth, not so much. David Lee Roth didn't. Sammy Hagar still has his range. He still does. He sings the high. Still sings the high stuff, right? He still does. And and uh, Scott has this band, and uh, they're called Leftover. Not like Left Over, but Left Over. And they do a song called Deplorables. I want to share it, just a little bit of it. These guys rock. They remind me a lot. And, and if you guys are not music official and for, forgive me. Zach Brown. Zach Brown's pretty popular. Maybe you don't know. But Zac, it reminds me of Zach Brown a little bit. Listen to this. Turn it up. No, 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 no. Not that. No, 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 no. I want the song. I want the song that I sent from the band. Do you have that, Michelle? I'm sorry. If you don't, I can I can try to find it. It's not a big deal. That's something completely different. I'm, I think I just sent it to you. See what you're going to It's a YouTube link, so it's a little bit different. I'm, I'm saving that other one for uh, later. Do you, do you have it? Okay. Thank you. Listen. The guy singing is 52. Listen to this.
0: Hold on.
2: See, there's nothing here
1: going on. It's got some bass drums.
0: There's
1: nothing here to see. Now move along. Okay, not too Not too, not too bad at this point. We're all deplorable now. Is that
0: good? How you, how you? I'm far from the all right,
1: I right, you can break it down. You can break it down. So, if you get a chance to uh, look him up on Facebook, Th- that's just the beginning. He gets into on the on the uh, vocals. He he does all his harmonies and he goes higher. So he's he's singing like. Um, I don't know. When I think of background vocals, uh, more than a feeling by Boston is the greatest ever with the highest range ever. There's nobody who can do it. I used to be able to do it in high school. Can't do it anymore. This guy's not quite that high, but real close. And the band is tight. They got a drummer who's like my age, and he just rocks the party like Dave Grohl. They got a bass guy who's in the military, sporting a big ass beard, and and they're a good band. So uh, left over is the band and the uh, Sky Willens. Uh, thank you for your service, first of all. He's a military member. He served in Iraq, and uh, he also is a Jew, and he had his Star of David on. And I made it very clear to everyone on stage uh, that certainly I'm behind Israel. I will fight for Israel till the day I die. I will. I will defend with my life my family, my country, and Israel, the people of Israel. I will, because nobody has been so treated so shoddily by history and there are so many enemies and there are only what three percent of the population in america and yet they give so much they give so much they they could they create so much they do so much they are musicians and they are financiers and they are uh agents i had three of them All three Jewish. Yeah. And they do that. You know, and it's kind of like, you know, the the people who try to um, say that uh, uh, black people have no chance of succeeding in this country because of institutional racism. You know what that does? That erases all of the greatest names in world history who also happen to be black. Like Ella Fitzgerald, George Washington Carver. Uh, I mean, I can go on and on. Oprah Winfrey, I know she's an entertainer, but dear God, billionaire success story. All of it, Beyonce, uh, Aretha Franklin. And I'm not, you know, politicians, scientists, uh, you know, it, it, all of that. It takes it all and flushes down the toilet because they did it before the generation now that's screaming racism did it. And the generation now isn't doing what they did through all that hardship. They're just bitching that, we well, don't have a shot now. And the Democrats are ruining their lives by making the schools miserable by promising the black population they're going to do. Everything, they're going to get you. We're going to take care of everything, and we're going to. And then you vote for them, and the next day the Democrat Party gets up, leaves some money on the dresser, and walks out. That's the way they do it. That's the way they roll. I have an interesting article, and. Um, you know, uh, men. There's been an emasculation of men going for a long time. I used to call it the oprization of of men in America, and, and uh, you know, dads uh, are made to look buffoonish. We can't even cook a hot dog, and you know, we doop 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 daddy doop 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 doop. You know, I when I was younger, and even in like high school, I watched, I Bill Cosby was the dad I wanted to be. He was a fun dad. He was the authoritarian. Leave out the fact that what he did in his private life. I don't give a crap. I was wa- talking about his character, but he was a hero of mine. Um, you know, there were a lot of dads. They used to be, you know stake be strong in families, and they were celebrated, black, white, otherwise. And then we've gone through this nonsense, and and right now there are a lot of uh, a lot of black men, particularly, who are saying the same thing that black men in America did in the late '60s, saying, "I'm a man." In the in the '60s, you know, men, uh, black men, they were frequently called boy by racist Democrats. And they, for instance, in the 1968 sanitation strike in Memphis, they walked with a sign that said, I am a man. I'm a man. I'm not a boy. I'm a man. Recognize me. And that same modus operandi is going right now. This is a piece by Delano Squires. It's called Black, Mayors, Black Male Voters to Democrats. I am a man. The left's biggest problem with black males is largely political, and the boys in the question are the black men Democrats can no longer control. The black male voters the Biden campaign is pursuing need to send the president, his surrogates, and his party a clear message, ones that reaches back to the past set, progressives straight today. That message, I am a man. Some of the most iconic images from the civil rights movement are the photos of black men holding sign in the 1968 sanitation strike in Memphis. Men of that generation, regardless of their age, were frequently referred to as boy by white people, whether adults or children. This was demeaning. Rhetorical tactic meant to keep black men in their place. And it was. It's it's taking all of your accomplishments and diminishing them by calling you a name. That's what you do. That's what they do. That's when they say, you are a conspiracy theorist. You are an election denier. It takes everything that you have done and all of the research that you've done, and they just diminish you that way. But we're not doing that anymore. Black men today face a similar challenge. The political party that gets well over 80% of the black male vote in most presidential prime elections treats its second most loyal base like children. Okay, One reason the left's grip on black men is loosening is that modern race politics are the offspring of an interracial marriage between radical black feminists and paternalistic white liberals. Karens. Paternalistic white liberals are Karens. They're the original Karen. They're cul-de-sac Karens. They're liberal women who are offended for everyone, who aren't, who aren't Native Americans, but they are offended that there was a team called the Redskins. Uh, and by the way, Elizabeth Warren is the, uh, I mean, the penultimate Karen. We're going to get to a little bit more on this in a second because it's, it's very fascinating. Now I want to start just having some fun playing some comedy, some other news and all that. And, of course, 800-922-6680 is the number on The Rob Carson Show. Back in a few. It is The Rob Carson Show. By the way, uh, Thursday night football, the Ravens survived an injury scare... To quarterback, Lamar Jackson uh, beat the uh, the Bengals 34-20. So, yeah, good for them, good for them. Um, the uh, The Ravens are in the hunt, that's for sure. They are in the hunt. Uh, they are, uh, let me see. I think we're tied, well, Kansas City 7-3. So, I'm, I live in Kansas City, but I used to live in Washington. So, you know, uh, I, I, I tend to lean towards D, uh, KC because I grew up in the Midwest, and that was my original team, but I moved around the country. And when I lived in D.C., Uh, I watched the Ravens. I didn't care about the Redskins. (laughs) Sorry, because they had a terrible owner who never did anything good for the team. Just expected those uh, season ticket holders. Dan Snyder just expected them uh, season ticket holders to keep coming back, and they kept putting crap on the field. And uh, there you go. So I was mentioning this piece. Hold on. I just dropped it on the floor. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Things get a little chaos here. Hold on. We got it here. It's somewhere. Anyway, this piece about uh, a black men, <clears throat> excuse me and you know what they uh, what they are going through right now and and this is interesting because um the uh uh in a progressive political order black women lead and black men follow unfortunately rejecting the national order does not change that so for instance people like patrice Cullors, who owns or who ran um <clears throat> the corrupt black lives matter or um I'm trying to think of a number of uh, of uh, black women in, in power. <clears throat> they are generally, the, the loudest ones are leftist progressives. That's just the way it is. It really is. Really, It really is, right? You look at, come on. So that's what it, they, they They speak as if black men are only used for voting and procreation, right? Do, do you know what uh, black women are used for? A- and women in general? Voting and abortion. Voting and abortion, that's it. So voting and procreation for black men, voting and abortion for all women. They think the Democrat Party, since Roe v. Wade, they convinced women that the most valuable thing that they can do in their lives is have an abortion and not have the baby. They say that having an abortion is empowering. Do you see what they've done? Do you, do you see what they've done? And they fell for it, and they made people these vocal, radical, and they and for 50 years they've screamed that if Roe v. Wade has gotten rid of, there will be coat hanger abortions, and women are going to go to back alleys, and they're going to die, and all of that. And uh, hold on, let me look at the list of number of back alley. I got it here a second back, abortions last night in the country by a coat hanger. Uh, still zero. Uh, it's still zero. I'm sorry. I know. I know. It's kind of crazy. It's almost like if you predicted the world's going to end because it was warming, and it never happened. There, there's that. Yeah. Oh, but here's the positive. Listen to this, ladies. Did you realize that Roe v. Wade actually, we finally got male birth control? You know why? Because more men are choosing to get the snippy now. They're getting the snippy snoo. I never did, actually. My wife keeps mine in a drawer. So anyway, more men are choosing to get sterilized via vasectomy after the uh, Supreme Court overturned uh, the supposed right to abortion in the Dobbs decision. Communities uh, correspondent for PBS NewsHour out of St. Louis, Missouri, reported there's absolutely an increased interest in vasectomies following the Dobbs decision. Oh, my God, men realize that... Uh, uh, they can't just say, well, I'll pay for the abortion just put it on my credit card. Because that's the way it used to be. The abortion was, was, was just an out for irresponsible men. Not, and, and, and you know the worst thing about it? The abortion movement, they don't give a crap about women. Once they get the abortion, they're done. Bye. Thank you. We'll see you at the polls. But when a woman chooses to have a child, she is surrounded by love. She's surrounded by faith. If she goes to an abortion crisis center... They're gonna they're gonna bring her in and they're gonna tell her what can we do? We want to take care of you. you. Know this is the scariest time in your life. The scariest time in your life. But what they do at the abortion clinic? Come on in, have a seat. Okay, you're up. Go on in. Thank you. I'm not screwing around here. I mean honestly, and and I'm the product of a rape. By the way, in case you didn't know, yeah, I like to whip that every once in a while. It's my it's one of my badges that I have to whip out. My mother was raped. That's how I was given up for adoption. So you know what. There you go. And I'm not an absolutist. You rape and incest? Yeah. You know, early, 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 early. After a rape, go to the hospital, get the fashion, stop the fertilization. Yes. Yes, 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 yes. Of course. Of course. So uh, uh, there's this uh, abortion or no, no vasectomy clinic in uh, St. Louis, and they were doing about forty to forty five vasectomies a month. Within the first uh, forty eight hours, twenty people signed up. Saw a bump of a hundred percent in the number of vasectomies that they did in twenty twenty two, and the trend continued for three more months. Eventually, came down, <laughs> but at this moment, ever since the Roe v Wade overturn, I can't tell you that we've uh, have gone back to the pre Dobbs decision, but we definitely have had a whole bunch of them. Said. So here, this is Dr. Leah Tatum. I see about three times the consultants for sterilization I used to. Yeah. Uh well, listen to this. This I don't even know what this is. This is a leftist. Listen to this. One vegan restaurant waitress went so far after Dobbs. This is how crazy the left is. You better sit down. <laughs> she had her fallopian tubes removed. No. You have no idea. Where do you think I'm going with this? She made a necklace out of them to protest the Dobbs decision. That's nuts. <laughs> nuts. Vasectomy. <laughs> that's what I, that's what I <clears throat> did there. <laughs> that's nuts. I still have the sense of humor of a 14-year-old boy. That's never going to change. Have you ordered your uh, emergency medical kit? From the Wellness Company, why don't you do that today or this weekend? Why don't you do it? You're going to need it if you have potable water stored, if you have extra food in the freezer. If you have a generator, why do you not have emergency meds? My God, can you imagine if the supply chain shuts down, if your CVS gets shut down by looters? All right, so just go to the wellness company, twc.health slash Carson, twc.health slash Carson. You're going to get a 10% discount. You'll get the meds that the federal government said you couldn't have, even though they wiped out COVID in Uttar Pradesh, the largest province of India. Yeah, ivermectin did that. Yeah. Oh, no, hydroxychloroquine did that. Yeah, but you can get ivermectin, hydroxychloroquine, ZPAC, all of these things, everything from a skin infection to, you know, to, to COVID. And you'll have it in your medicine kit, and you'll have it with you, and you can take it with your family. It's portable. You carry it with you right there. It's a little kit. has a zipper. It's blue. Anyway, uh, twc.health slash Carson, twc.health slash Carson, if you would like to uh, get the medical kit. And by the way, you guys, when TWC Health came to the show, uh, we have we've had su- successful um, advertisers you guys went nuts. They went, what the what? And I realized, when I when they approached me, hey, Rob, you know, Dr. Peter McAuliffe has come up with this emergency medical kit. I, I said, you you had me at Dr. Peter McAuliffe, the most uh, censored physician in the in the world, thanks to uh, uh, Anthony Fauci. All right? So, twc.health slash Carson. On the other side, um, Mike Johnson explained separation of church and state. And I think you should listen. It's a two- Tutorial For the next time somebody says, you can't talk about God in school. No, that's coming up. And this, my friends, is the Rob Carson Show. I'm sorry, I'm a Bon Scott guy, you know it. I'm Bon Scott. Bon Scott, 34 years old. The original singer of ACDC. When I was in high school, he died. And Brian Johnson took over, and I didn't know the difference. And then I grew up, and I realized that Bon Scott... Wow, Bon Scott was amazing. Brian Johnson too. Don't get me wrong, but Bon Scott was the deal. Hey, it's Friday, kids. Are we glad it's Friday? I think we're glad it's Friday. I think we should play uh, our uh, our new Army theme song since the uh, the recruitment is so
0: down right now.
1: I mean, it's really, really down. They tried to go woke. Nobody wants to
0: fight. Woke. Fighting soldiers are depressed. This is Jim Gossett, by They're the way. Morale is far from best lee, 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 lee. if you're sad change your sex they say i think i'll try that wear a dress and a pink beret i would be a very ugly but one the of... pentagon yeah. is so woke. no amount of beer i mean general milly he's a joke whoever thought you'd see the day (laughs) when fighting men could be trans or gay or non-binary we must turn this mess around please (laughs) while sane people can still be found fire your missile Is what they like to say. Fire your missile. Cause the DOD (laughs) has gone really gay. Good heavens. Trained to fight on foreign lands. Mm -hmm. Trained in combat. Hand to hand. Hand to hand. Uniforms. (laughs) Match their (laughs) lipstick shade. Oh snap. Stiletto heels. And a pink ray. Well, it's pink camo. There you go.
1: That is uh, Jim Gossett, the great Jim Gossett, who was on stage with me uh, last night here in uh, in Baltimore. And I, I think things went pretty well. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm my own worst critic. Uh, and so, you know, uh, I think oh, I was like to That was good. One thing I did, I think I want, I'm going to brag on myself. Sorry. <laughs> um, so I come out on stage... And, and I decided to go without a script. And, you know, well, that's good. And that's, you know, I think, it's, I think it worked out. And so I go out and, and, I, and I had this, uh, <laughs> I'm standing on stage and I, I say to everybody and I open the show and I say, as you guys know, I don't wear my politics on my sleeve. And, of course, everybody laughed. (laughs) Everybody laughed. And I went on and I said, you know, honestly, I I try to stay an even. I don't try to go either side of the equation. And they're laughing, right? They're laughing and all this. And all of a sudden, I pretend like I'm sneezing and i said excuse me excuse me excuse me and i reach into my pocket and i and i my my inner pocket of my right uh, breast pocket and i pull out what looks like a red handkerchief right and i pull it out and i pull it out like one of those magicians handkerchiefs and it's a trump flag <laughs> so uh, people are like okay all right that's the way it's gonna be so <laughs> it went uh, it, it went very well and um I can't tell you what it means to be on stage. And, and I hope that we can do it in some of our other great affiliates, whether that be in Atlanta or in New Hampshire or well, the glorious stations of Benny Media. Uh, I hope to get out more often and come and visit you because it doesn't. it's always good to do this. It's even better when I get to see who listens. It's even better when I get to see who listens. It is such an unbelievable thing for me. But uh, listen to this. DOD has... Oh, no. I'll save that one. The Army's recruitment challenges have been mounting in several years, exacerbated by the stringent COVID-19 vaccine mandates and all the stupid... Let's throw that in there. Recruiting has been hampered by COVID-19, blah, 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 and an increasingly woke military atmosphere where trans soldiers are giving special privileges while Christian soldiers are persecuted. Bases host drag shows, and leaders with a history of anti-white statements are hired This is by Jim Hoft, by the way. Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin mandated the uh, COVID-19 vaccine for all military personnel and like thousands of others across the the Department of Defense. March 22, the U.S. Army joined the other branches of the U.S. military in efforts to purge the ranks of vaccine dissenters. Guess what? The U.S. Army has now removed COVID vaccine requirements for recruits because recruitment is the lowest since 1973. And I believe, wasn't that the year that Vietnam ended? Do you think anybody wanted to join the heels of Vietnam after that? Charlie Foxtrot? <laughs> no, no. No. Uh Six army leaders were stripped of their ranks because they did not get the COVID, including two battalion commanders. There were also 3,250 citations handing out to, handed out to soldiers who are still refusing to comply with the mandate. In June 2022, up to 40,000 Army Guard troops are still unvaccinated, at least 7,000 are at risk of being dismissed after refusing to take the experimental COVID-19 vaccine. According to data obtained by the AP, between 20 to 30 percent of Guard soldiers in six states are not vaccinated and more than 10 percent and 43 other states need shots. Did you realize if you followed the government's protocol, do you want to guess how many shots you would have had to have since COVID came out, the vaccine? Michelle, uh, just hold up your hand. How many do you suppose you, if you followed the government protocol, how many shots since the beginning of COVID and the the vaccine coming out, which, by the way, testimony showed apparently the DOD had tested positive. Someone, a whistleblower saying, somebody tested positive for COVID in 2014. It was created. Michelle says 10. You're a little high. Seven. You're supposed to have had six, seven shots. And you know what? I Oh, the gentleman I was talking to last night, he said, well, they gave me this vaccine, a military vaccine. It was right at the very beginning of it. And they gave me the initial vaccine and they shot it right here. And I said, how did it work out? He goes. It blew out my shoulder, and he opened his his uh, shirt open, and he had a massive scar. It, I don't know what exactly it did. If it, if it, uh, I'm, I mean, if it dissolved it, what? But he had to, his shoulder was wrecked. They had to go in a surgically move, and surgically remove, and I don't even know what happened. But of course, he couldn't say anything because you know he's in the military. And that's disinformation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Um, Soldiers who refuse vaccination order order uh, without an approved or pending exemption request are subject to adverse administration actions, including flags, bars to service, and official reprimands. In the future, soldiers who continue to refuse a vaccine order without an exemption may be subject to additional adverse uh, administration actions. That's what our military did. And you know what? The U.S. Army's recruiting uh, has been the worst since 1973. The Army missed its goal of 60,000 by 25%. The Army fell about 15,000 soldiers or 25% short of its recruitment goal. They literally fired soldiers for not getting the vaccine like they defunded the police. And look at how well it turned out. What a bunch of morons. Let's go to Clark in Ellicott City. Hello there, Clark. Welcome to the Rob Carson Show. What's up, my friend?
3: Hey, Rob. Uh, I heard you had a good night last night. Uh, I would have loved to have been there. Yeah. Uh, I-, I was th- actually at the one uh, a year oh. and a half ago or so. Uh, but this that one last night it sold out and I, I wouldn't have been able to be there anyway because of my my job
1: gotcha but, uh, gotcha yeah uh,
3: but that's great but uh, hey listen I wanted to uh, I can't wait until the next time you do one okay I'm gonna try to be there but uh, I wanted to thank you for pointing out uh how the, uh, the on the debate stage those uh, ones that are running a few that are left including Chris Christie that are on that debate stage that aren't defending what they're doing to Donald Trump. I know. And and, and I I, I think of that all the time, Mm -hmm. and I thank you so much for bringing that to the light because there's a lot of people that don't realize. I know there's a lot of people that do, but particularly, I I mean, the hypocrisy behind even uh, like Chris Christie where he says, oh, he's going to be indicted and all I mean, doesn't he realize? No, I guess he
1: doesn't. Do you realize. know why Chris Christie says that? Because the only reason he's running is to go after Donald Trump. And and, and also, I'll also add, he's a giant turd burger. But go ahead.
3: Uh, absolutely. Without
1: the burger. Uh, uh, <laughs> Without,
3: the Without the bread.
1: Without the bread. But a lot hey, well, of cheese uh, and a lot of yeah, fat. Absolutely. <laughs> All right, hey, man. Well, listen, yes.
3: thanks. Uh, thanks for bringing that up. I really all right, appreciate bro. it.
1: Thanks for the phone call. So you know, Donald Trump used the uh, he used the word vermin when describing communists in our country, and because Hitler apparently used the word vermin at one type time, Donald Trump is a racist, right? He's a Hitler. He's Hitler, even though he made Jerusalem the capital of Israel. He recognized it. even though all the other posers who went to Washington D.C. in the last fifty years never got it done, and so CNN decided vermin. It's like okay, um, uh, Donald Trump ate a brunch, ate some Brunschwager. That means he's a Nazi, you know? Uh, you know, D- Donald Trump likes, you know, whatever, sauerkraut. Oh, yeah, well, uh, Hitler ate sauerkraut. It's so bloody stupid. Here is Vivek Ramaswamy defending... Do we have time to do this? Yeah. Here's Vivek Ramaswamy on CNN. He's the only guy who's defending Over Donald the Trump.
0: Weekend, I just want to play this from what uh, President Trump said uh, to his supporters.
1: Listen, how serious she is. We will
0: root out. The communists,
4: Marxists, fascists, and the radical left thugs that live like vermin
0: within the confines of our country. Yeah, he's a Nazi. He hates the Jews. The threat from outside forces is far less sinister, dangerous,
2: and grave than the threat from within. And it's true.
0: That language, they live like vermin. So Do you serious. believe that what? that is, as your uh, Republican colleague Chris Christie has said, neo-Nazi rhetoric?
1: He said sauerbraten.
4: This is a classic mainstream media move. Pick nice. some individual phrase of Donald Trump. Yep. Focus on literally that word without actually interrogating the substance of what's at issue.
0: The word I was said,
1: chosen for a reason. A no, it wasn't. War She's saying it's chosen for her reason. Country. The well, you know what, it, it, it's exactly describing no, it a didn't. series You're of a behaviors. Liar. You have Antifa and other related
4: groups that have been burning down cities for the last three years in this Boom. country. Would you describe them Wildly as vermin? Wildly violating the rule of yes. law.
1: We have an invasion on our southern border. I'd call them the rat bastard vermin. Border. We have millions of
4: people crossing our southern border. Let's talk about the substance okay. of why we have to recognize would, that we're not in would ordinary you, times. Would you so use that language the vocabulary of yourself? the vermin
1: or not is not what's important. Would you use that language yourself? Let me do it right now. Vermin, 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 vermin. Well, I haven't used that language. So So you can look at my my track record on the campaign. That's okay. I did it for you. In trail, I talk about the issues we all talk about. Yeah, he's the only guy defending, and I'll give him credit for that. I will give him credit for that. And I hope he's in the next Trump administration. I'm serious. I'm serious. Take a break. Barber from Baltimore is coming up next. This is The Rob Carson Show. This is Rob Carson-Joe, a Friday, broadcasting live from Baltimore, where Barbara is from. And she was out last night. Barbara, how you doing?
4: Hey, Rob. Thanks so much <laughs> for coming to town. It's, oh. I had such a good time. Yeah. And I'm so appreciative of you. I can't believe how funny Jim Goss is Yeah, looking at him on stage. I mean...
3: It was
1: awesome. He did all the, he did, fun. he did, uh, he did all these, he did, he did Morgan Freeman. He did a very nice job with Morgan Freeman. I would think that Andy Dufresne I would mean, be quite happy.
4: All of them. Even, yeah. and, and Rocky, Rocky, that was, Rocky, was me, the by the way. Dangerfield. All of them. <laughs> all
1: of
4: them. was wonderful. I loved it. He was fun. I just wanted to say, uh, I, and what you're talking about right now is so uh, spot on. Yeah. Because, and Chris Christie, I think, uh, I think he's upset because Trump did not put him in of his cabinet. Yeah. I think that's the bottom of everything. Well, going
1: he on wouldn't here. fit in it. <laughs> Thank you very much. I'll be here all week. <laughs> I can't get this door shut. <laughs> oh, <my God. laughs> so That's let me ask much. you, Barbara, I want to ask you something because um, we saw you last night and you look good. You look really good. I said last night, I said, last year you were, uh, this year you're damn. You lost
4: 50 pounds? I, I lost 40.
1: Well, I lost 50. Um, and, and I'm going to tell you, how did you do it, by the way? Just not
4: eating uh, the wrong things and.
1: Imagine you that know, you, didn't have, very much. you didn't have they're to go on the you didn't they're have to go the keto cabbage. caveman cabbage soup bullcrap diet. It's amazing.
4: Well, you know what? <laughs> now it's funny you would mention cabbage soup because I actually made that, oh. but I made it with a lot of spices, mm. a lot of spices. I put garlic in it and yeah. I really seasoned it.
1: Is that why <laughs> nobody wanted to get on the elevator with you last night?
4: <laughs> no, I mean I haven't I haven't had it in a while, but to get started. Yeah. That is an excellent, excellent thing because you can eat it anytime you're hungry.
1: Well, I'm gonna tell you what you need Day to do. We ought to do. And seriously, and I'm, I'm, a, I'm a cook, but um, I like to I like to cook. I, I've been doing it since I was oh, hired yeah. illegally a truck. But what you do take just make a vegetable soup, just make broth, add your carrots, onions, celery, cabbage, and you can eat a you can eat a gallon of that and not gain any weight.
4: Absolutely. Yep. But you know, and I yeah. added to that what you just said. Yeah. Um, I had celery, yes, and bell peppers, yes, and I just I made it, and it was good because I put tomato
1: paste in it. Yeah, too. you know, yeah, here, it, we're a, in a, a new. It's a new segment. It's cooking with Carson and Barbara. <laughs> yeah, how about that? <laughs> Let me ask you this: What what do you um, I uh, what did you think of the show altogether? And I'm not asking you to stroke me. I'm just thinking: Did you did you fe- did you leave feeling entertained? Maybe a little inspired? Ah. Uh,
4: yeah, okay, I did. You C- know, well, it's always inspiring to be for me. Yeah. When I'm in, in an audience, you know, around people of like oh. like-thinking. You know, we're you conservatives. Bet. And, and uh, for me, you know, I, you know, we get stomped on
1: so much. Now, did you see that girl who yeah. came up to us last night, the girl from the university student? And she saw you had a friend with you. He's wearing a MAGA hat. And she kind of approached us like, tell me about what's going on. And I kind of figured she was like, oh, she's going to confront a MAGA. But we had a really nice conversation with her. I thought so. I thought, I thought it was thought really it. good. And then we had a, a delightful talk with uh with um uh the uh, the band. We went in and hung out with some people in there. But it that was,
4: was awesome it, meeting that young man. And you know what? Um, I think it caused a dislocation of his shoulder. I think they had to replace.
1: Is that what? Yeah, the the, the it was shot.
4: Something like he said from that uh, surgery he had to have from getting the shot. Yes. He
1: got a shot of a, the the first round of the vaccine in his left I shoulder. Think and, Johnson and Johnson. I think. It was, mm, I think, yeah. But he had to have his shoulder replaced. Yes. He did. He didn't hurt it. He didn't injure it. Lifting weights. He didn't. He just they, they, the shot did it. Unbelievable. We couldn't say that on the air a year ago, by the way. I just wanted you to know. (laughs) Hey, Barbara, go ahead.
4: I was just going to say, I'm just so appreciative to you. Everyone there so it's, it's, we're just glad that you care enough about us to come here. Oh, dear, got it. I, and I really appreciate you so much, Rob. And I was trying to figure out how to use Dropbox yes. so I could send you all of the pictures that I got okay. that I took on my camera. But I'm sure they've got some professional ones. But I just wanted to send you the ones that, all right. that we got. And, and you made Mickey really happy.
1: Good, good. Well, thanks for letting me, me crash know, her on your couch, been, by the way. That was great. We're, all, <laughs> we're,
4: we're the volunteers. And, you know. Yeah. With these campaigns and yes. and uh, Mickey played a big part in it with yes. you know driving and all kinds of things. Putting you stuff you out.
1: see, what Barbara, you're the, you are the template, and I told you this. You don't like to get these compliments. You're the template. You're the you're the template for change. I really believe that. I got to run. Okay, have a glorious weekend. Let's go to Gary in Kingsville. Hello, Gary. You were there last night. What's up, bro? Hey, Rob. Uh, just you are a funny,
3: funny man. Thank you. Uh, you uh, it, what, is, it, what is your history of actually doing stage
1: comedy? I've never done it full-time. I've, I've done some open mics. You know who convinced me not to do stand-up comedy? You're going to be freaking out. Your wife? Dave Chappelle. <laughs> You, he said, you suck. No, you know what happened? I, I, had him, I, I, I got to know him. I talked to him for an hour, and we hung out, and he was in my studio. It was one of the best interviews I've ever had. And he goes, I said, dude, I wish I did what you do for a living. And he goes, Rob, I wish I did what you do for a living. And then I talked to Jim Gossett last night. He was a stand-up comedian. He's been doing it for 40 years. He said, most stand-up comedians would rather do what you do because they don't have to go on tour. They don't have to drive eight hours for a $2,000 or $500 gig, and you can do do it every day on the radio, and that's what Dave Chappelle told me. He says, "I wish I would do what you." This was right before the Chappelle Show, right after uh, the um, Nutty Professor, because he well, did. He what, what? he played a, a, the short. He was a he was a, a a stand-up comedian named Reggie in that movie with Eddie Murphy. That was Dave oh. Chappelle. So it was right after that, and he told me, "Yeah, I'd rather do what you do."
2: You know, you know who Jim Gossett reminds me of. I
3: kept thinking of this all Who's night. Who's that? Morning. Who's that? I had to look. I had to look it up when I got home. But there was a guy on Rona Martin's Laugh-In, Henry Gibson, and he looks just like Henry Gibson.
1: No kidding. I'll have to tell him that. Well, I'm glad you were entertained last night, Gary. Everything I did up there was I made it up improvisationally. That's what I do the best. So I hope that I was able to get a political message across and also have fun. I'll just ask you real quick, what did you think of the flag? Oh, the flat all right, all right, right. I, I'm su- I've succeeded. All right, bro, thank you very much for calling it. Thanks for coming out. We'll come back. It'll be bigger and better. Let's go ahead and take a break, my friends. You are listening to a Friday edition of The Rob Carson Show. Hi, it's Tony Marino, host of the Newsmax Daily Podcast, your daily news bulletin of Newsmax's top headlines, along with commentary from our hosts and experts. You can learn more about all of the free podcasts, including Newsmax Daily, Rob Carson, and Jerry Callahan at Newsmax.com slash listen. World Wide
0: Web, this is the Rob Carson Show. And by the grace of God, it is finally Friday. Ah, Thanksgiving week, right ahead.
1: Which means that a good share of you, you left the building mentally yesterday. <laughs> you know, right? You left the building yesterday. I know many people are going to be taking the uh, week off. Uh, I may be taking the week off. I haven't, it's uh, just a point of personal. Um, I've asked you to pray for my mother in law, Mary, and I would appreciate it. Um, she's, uh, she's going to be leaving us. Um, she's going to be dying. And uh, <clears throat> she has uh, lung cancer, and she was diagnosed a year and a half ago. And we, you know, she's, she had ups, ups and downs in one week. You're here. It's the worst in the next week. Hey, it looks like it's really better. And it fools you. It fools you into thinking that, hey, maybe you can beat this. And, uh, and she's really um, experiencing some difficulty. So I'm being the rock in our family. I've got to be. But I would ask you to pray for Mary uh, and my family because they're, uh, they're going through a lot. My wife is going through a lot. It's the worst thing. You know. I mean, it's the worst thing. It's just awful. Awful. It's just awful. But you know the thing that I'm able to say about this? We were talking last night about some of the things that I've been through, and I had some very rough spots in my life, and um, one of the things was moving to Kansas City for a radio job. I well, we had to short sell our house because I was out of work. We moved to Kansas City. We had to rent, uh, got fired two years into a three-year gig because the radio station I worked for decided that I was too expensive and didn't want to pay the raise in my third year. And so I went through all of that stuff, and I was always like, well, you know, what? What is why, why did this all happen? Well, one of the things was I was able to move back to the Midwest, so I was, I was in, within five hours drive of my mom and two and a half, three hours of her mom, and we got to be there when our parents left, when our parents' lives ended. So I'm thankful to God for that. I really, you know, I apologize. I'm thankful to God for it. So, anyway. All right. uh, Jim Gossett says he has a new parody here. I just got it. I don't know how he does it. He's in Baltimore. How does he do parodies in his hotel room? I have no clue. I have no idea. What the heck? The guy is a genius, for God's sake. Like Salieri. I'm Salieri. Hamas Rubble. Makes me sad. Hamas (laughs) Rubble. Blow up our... Base camps. At your hospital. Well, no, we didn't do that. And hurt us bad. Just went down and found you in the rat hole. Hamas rubble. A rubble.
0: From Israeli bombs. <laughs> nice. <laughs> With the feeling that they're going to bomb us until kingdom come. Yep, gonna wipe them off the bat. We're in trouble. That's all back. <laughs> Wednesday Double.
1: Oh, and my computer just froze up. Hold on. Isn't that kind of weird? Well, my computer just froze up. Is that a big surprise? You get the idea. <laughs> you get the idea. Let's go to uh, Christopher in Catonsville. Hello, Christopher. How you doing, my friend? What's going on on this Friday? I am
3: doing just fine. Thank you. Um, safe passage for Mary and, you know, thank all you. that. Um, thank you. Seriously. Uh, yeah. I appreciate and last it. night it was great. I had the best time like ever. Good. Um I uh have a regrets too. I have a uh I wish I would have said this list. And the second one is uh related, because uh, one day I remember Kim all of a sudden just uh held a little prayer one day. She said, Let's have a little prayer and she said, a little prayer and said Amen and everything and I was like, Wow, that's like, you know, Pretty amazing and stuff, and I forgot to ask her to do that again.
1: You mean Kim Klasik? Yes. Yeah. And yeah.
3: Uh, I forgot to ask. I wanted to ask her. I meant to ask her to, uh, you know, have another one of them real quick. Not a big deal. You know yeah. what I mean? Just, uh, don't have to be every day. Nothing like that, but
1: well Kim is uh, Kim is a remarkable person um, I got to meet Kim Clasik and I, I saw her on the national scene I got her on my national radio program when she was running for uh, legislature here and she uh, she did that I'm wearing a red dress and red shoes walking through the hood and and it's interesting because she's diminutive she's very small she's like literally about five three what four like a hundred I mean she's a little and I said you look Six feet tall on television. She goes. I know they shot the camera up and sort of made me look big, and everybody tells me. Stop it! Stop it! She's amazing, though. She's okay. amazing. Well, I hope you enjoyed the show, Chris. Oh my god, I absolutely
3: did. It was wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. Thank um, you, bro. Jim, oh my god. Um, don't forget Joan Rivers. I think like if she was alive right now, we wouldn't be going through a bunch of stuff, right? You know what
1: I'm saying? I know what I'm saying. All right, thanks, buddy. Appreciate it. I want to move on to this. <clears throat> a lot of times, you know. Um, there was a letter written by Thomas Jefferson that talked about uh, the possibility of establishing a religion, the United States establishing, not religion, a religion. When he, when he talked about separation of church and state, he talked about establishment of a religion, not religion. So to, to make a religion the central part of the government. Not religion. It did not exclude religion. There's nothing in the Constitution excluding religion. But here is Mike Johnson, the new Speaker of the House, who's smart as a whip. He's smart as a whip. Isn't that an old-timey kind of dad saying, smart as a whip? Here is, uh, he's talking on uh, Squawk Box. On uh, M, what is it? In, uh, C, CBC, C, CNBC. I don't know what I, I don't watch these letter now. Where it's CNBC, Squawk Box, <laughs> Squawk Box. <laughs> and being asked about uh, separation of church and state. So this is what Democrats like to do. They speak in bumper stickers. I've been saying this forever. It's like they put coexist spelled in religious symbols. Uh, well, one of those religions, or a good fraction of it, wants to kill all the other ones. So, it's kind of hard to coexist. Uh, but here is uh, here is Mike Johnson uh, debating and defeating the liberal bumper sticker, you've got to separate church and state.
0: I think it was the first day that uh, you had been uh, sworn in. It appeared uh, that you had, were praying uh, on the floor uh, of Congress with a number of other uh, congressmen. And there is a question about the separation of, of church and no, state.
1: No, there wasn't. He just made that up. He decided to make a big deal out of it. That reporter decided. There was no question of it. Nobody said, nobody was offended by it. Nobody said anything about it. That's what they do. They say, well, there was a question about that being about church and
0: state. Really? Who did the question? Oh yeah, you just did. State, uh, we often talk on this show about uh, folks uh, about whether religion should play a role uh, inside a company, whether people should be allowed to to pray. In... If you work for an EV company that makes pickups, I'd start praying inside a company. there's one thing to to pray outside and t- to have your faith, and, and and there's a great importance in that. But how do you think about that, and how do you think about the public perception of that?
1: Well, let me just delve into your one centimeter depth on this topic and destroy
5: it. Listen, faith, our deep religious heritage and tradition is a big part of what it means to be an American. When the founders set this system up, they wanted a vibrant expression of faith in the public square. Where
1: do our rights come from? What does the Constitution say? God. Uh, Your argument about the separation of church
5: and states is moot. Because they believe that uh, a general moral consensus and virtue was necessary to maintain this grand experiment in self-governance that we created, a government of, by and for the people. We don't have a king in charge. We don't have a middleman. So we've got to keep morality amongst us so that we have accountability. And so they they wanted faith to be a big part of that. The the separation of church and state is a a misnomer. People misunderstand it. Of course, it comes from a phrase that was in a letter that Jefferson wrote, It's not in the Constitution. Uh And what he was explaining is they did not want the government to encroach upon the church, that they didn't want principles of faith to have influence on our... And
1: why did they do that? Why do they do that in classrooms? Why do they get rid of all of the things that define you? Because you can be pliable. Okay, you can't have any faith in here. we got to get rid of Christmas. You can't have a faith. You can't believe in God. And, by the way, you cannot have a gender as well and we're going to change your gender. We're going to start referring you to a, by a different pronoun, because we're going to take that away from you, too. So you will solely be a
5: subject. That's what this is all about. Public life is exactly the opposite. Washington said, of all the dispositions and habits which lead to political prosperity, religion and morality are indispensable supports. And John Adams came next- Hold
1: on, let me hear that. Of all the dispositions and habits which lead to political prosperity, religion and morality are indispensable supports.
5: Meaning we can't do it without religion and Morality. He said, our Constitution is made only for a moral and religious people It is wholly inadequate with the government of any other. Yeah. It would never work in, in uh, the former Soviet Union because they didn't believe in God, you see.
1: It's kind of weird, because once you take God out of the equation, man's moral compass can change according to the whims of those in power. So if those in power say that, I don't know, Trump supporters are evil and need
5: to be killed, or Jews, uh, you know, that's not exactly moral. They knew that it would be important to maintain our system. And that's why I think we need more of that. Not an establishment of any national religion. ah What did I say?
1: Establishment of a religion. That's the original wording. Not religion.
5: Duh. But we need everybody's vibrant expression of faith because it's such an important part of who we are as a nation. And you know what? I'm not a churchy guy.
1: I'm not a churchy guy. My mother made sure that I was in the front pew at... St. Pat's in Neola, Iowa, an hour before church began. And now I understand why. Because while the church may not be my rock, my faith is. It's pretty great. Uh, I don't want to get all preachy and everything. I'm just going to tell you, you can't do it without it. You really can't. If it's all about you, if it's all about, you know, whatever, the this little tiny piece of dust floating around in a vacuum, really, if that's all you got, I mean, what are you living for? <laughs> I mean, honestly, yourself, right? Uh, let's take a break and come back. Scott in Westminster, you'll be next. This is The Rob Carson Show. here comes the good part. We're all deplorable now. This Baltimore band left over. Scott is that dude singing right there. All right, Craig, it on down. Scott at Westminster. How you doing, sir? Hey, Rob. Great honor to meet
2: you last night, to hang out afterwards. And thanks so much for playing that.
1: Well, listen. I know what it's like to be a musician and have a radio dude play your music. I get that. (laughs) But but you know what, Scott? You stepped up to the plate and sang the national anthem. Nobody expected this guy wearing a military, had Iraq War veteran to step up on the uh, and just blow the doors off of it. (laughs) That was dude. That was so cool. That was so. I'm outside. I'm like, who in the heck did who did they bring in here? It was really cool, man. Tell everybody uh, real quick about your military service and what you do now.
2: Uh, I served 20 years in the Army as a veterinarian and pharmacologist, mostly chem bio defense gotcha. research, uh, and tw- 18 of those 20 years in Maryland. Uh, I co-own a practice in Clarksburg nice. at Veterinary Associates. I sing with an 80s rock band called Weird Science. And Leftover was a, an original project with some friends. You met a couple of them last yeah. night. Yeah. Um, and uh, um, yeah, I, I work part-time. I enjoy my retirement. Nice.
1: Yeah, yeah <laughs> you know what? You're, you're 52 and you're retired. Uh, don't take this personally, <laughs> but you suck. Uh, anyway.
2: <laughs> I'm still working a lot, man. But you
1: know, you know yeah, I, I went to the rally
2: on Tuesday down in uh, down in D.C. Nice, which was phenomenal. Yeah, and, and you're talking about separation of church and state, and uh, it, it, as you said, it's not in in the Constitution no. that way. But but the the state never seems to find a problem with interfering with the church, and yes, and it's inextricable the morality and the pillars. Of judeo-christian faith and tenets from the bill of rights yes serving in the army you know as as a jew without the christians of faith to the left and right of me in the literal and figurative foxholes there is no front line of defense against radical islam or communism and just like in israel anyone of any faith can be in those countries but try pulling that off in the in the islamic world And, and i say that as Someone who, who went to Iraq because I want I, I asked to go to kind of have a different future for the children there than they would have otherwise had. Wow! And, and you know, and to not want them to hate and and kill my my kids. Yeah. Uh, but at the same time, you know, I I certainly prioritize the lives of, of my kids. My son's in the car. I just picked them up from school.
1: From
2: from college, and I worry about him and and the rise of anti-Semitism on these campuses. Yeah. but I took a lot. Of uh, faith and and um, confidence in your platform that you have and your. Staunch support of Israel and the Jewish people, it is invaluable to me. And, Thank you. And that was the greatest point of last night. Thank you
1: well, so much. Well, brother, I got to tell you, 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 I think you know how I feel about the, the Jewish people, people of Israel. You know, it, it, I'm one un, unyielding on it. I've been that way my whole life. Yeah. I remember when well, I was where in college.
2: Areas in the coal mine. I mean, it's like Trump said, they're not after me they're after you i'm just yep. in the way and it's the same with us they're yep. not after the jews they're after the west and we're just the canaries in the coal mine and i'm oh. but i'm a very ferocious canary
1: well hell yeah i'm a big old canary <laughs> you don't even want i will crap all over your bird cage anyway <laughs> let me ask you this Scott. what tell me about your shoulder do you mind talking about that
2: um sure just, yeah, just tell us what happened real quick you we were talking about the vaccines. And my yeah. last assignment was at Walter Reed Institute of Research, yeah. and I volunteered for a clinical trial COVID vaccine by Inovio that never made it to market, but ah. this was before the other ones did, and and uh, it it blew out my shoulder. That and the J and J, I had a total shoulder replacement a couple of years ago. What? Why and did I, they? I why? What did, what did it do? What did
1: it do? Did it, d-
2: it, it, it acted on pre-existing inflammation that I had from 2008 from a dislocation. But, wow. And I did, you know, eight and a half years of Taekwondo with my son. We were third-degree black belts, full strength and range of motion. Wow. And, it, you know, 24 hours after the second injection in the opposite arm, I couldn't use that arm anymore. What? So I had to get a replacement. And I don't mind, oh. you know, I've been to Guinea Pig for vaccines that you samered, and I I'd do it all again, but... That's my conscious choice. It should never have been mandated from a yes. scientific and constitutional standpoint. It was it was flawed, and that can never wow. happen again.
1: Wow. Well, Scott, uh, tell everybody your band and uh, and the name of the CD you, you gave me. I said, keep the CD. Oh, I don't thanks. have a CD player. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead.
2: The band that's Leftover, we're, we're not together anymore. We're still friends, and we oh, okay. reform if things take off. Yeah,
1: but, yeah, yeah. The band was well,
2: called Leftover, the CD is called Empty Shell, okay. and the deployment Horibles is on there. There's also a song called uh, "We the People," which was a single that was not on there. But I, love it. I think either of those songs could really be. A rallying anthem for the 2024 election.
1: You might have to do a Trump rally. You might have to open for a Trump rally. Oh, we would
2: we would jump at
1: that. Hey, listen, i would have you guys. I would have you guys at a at a rally. I would. I think you're good. I think you guys remind me a little bit of Zach Brown. A little bit. I don't even. You guys do a lot of things, and it's it's a small band, tight band. Your vocals are sweet, man. I don't know. You just just, how do you keep that voice at 52 years old? Because I I used to be able to hit, I used to be able to, I used to to, to do the high end on Boston. I used in high school, I could sing the high end harmonies on Boston.
2: We do some Boston. Wow. uh, Weird Science does Boston. We do Rush. We do Europe. Rush? Journey. Yeah. Wow. um, I just, I don't drink. I don't smoke. I try to take care of my voice and myself. Gotcha. I ride it as long as I can.
1: Well, don't do any Asia covers, then I won't come see you. Oh,
2: no. Okay.
1: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> All right, man. Take care. God Thanks bless you, bro. Thanks for your service. Thanks for your service. Yeah, your service. Right. They, yeah they're Empty Shell, or no, no Empty Shell's the CD, and the the band is called Leftover, which should be easy to, to remember. And they are. They, I, think they're, I thought they were really, really good. I thought they were really, really, really good last night. Oh, oh, oh. I thought this morning when I came in, I said, oh, my God, this is a harbinger of the end of time. You know, one of those pigs don't fly, you know, when pigs fly kind of thing? Snoop Dogg says he's giving up smoke. He asked people to respect his privacy. After much consideration and conversation with my family, I've decided to give up smoke. Please respect my privacy. Now, he smokes weed all the time. He does. And I thought, okay. Oh, wow, really? And originally? And then I thought, nope. He's coming out with an edible product. Duh! (laughs) Come on. Snoop is coming up with an edible product. And edibles are a big deal right now. I do an edible CBD. CBD, not THC. Uh, You don't want me on... T H C. You, you can't even imagine what I'd be like on T H C. So, so he, he uh, uh, the edible. I think, I think Snoop is going to be coming out with some edibles. Is what it is. That's just the way it is. And he's an entrepreneur. That's what he does. I'm giving up smoke. Please, you know, leave my family. <laughs> I th- I would be surprised. I would be surprised otherwise, uh, if that were the case. All right. So we got uh, something up here. Uh, there's this uh, uh, 9/11 letter from Osama bin Laden that Gen Zers are making him into some sort of hero. I'm going to share some of the audio from that on TikTok and why we should get rid of. We have to get rid of TikTok in America. Sorry, kids. You got to take your toys away. You got to go out and play on your own. This is the Rob Carson Show. Clark Jr. Gary Clark Jr. is uh, unbelievable blues rock. Collaborates with a lot of people. Vocalist. Uh, he was in the the movie Elvis, the uh, the Elvis movie that came out uh, a couple years ago. <clears throat> He's the uh, the uh, guy who was uh, doing the blues song in the the uh, the old uh, uh, honky tonk where the black couple were dancing and Elvis was peeking through the floorboards, looking up at them, dance, and hearing his music. That was Gary Clark Jr. Yeah, I know. Really, really cool. And he gets it. He plays Rocky rock. He, keeps, he like teamed up with Tom Morello of Rage Against... I shouldn't talk music. I apologize. I just love music. I can't live without it. Can't live without it. I just need it every day. I really, really do. A um, couple things going on here. I uh, want to mention... Democrat policy has shown itself to be uh, so ungodly, ungodly destructive to the country. I think we should all, you can all say that. Last night I talked about something that I've been kind of, uh, you know, talking about. Um, our government right now is denying life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness. They have COVID. They denied life. Thousands, maybe hundreds of thousands of people died because we were lied to about COVID, about what could treat it. People were denied, denied treatment. They were put on things that didn't work. They were put on ventilators that 80% of the time would kill people. They were lied. They were. There were states like Michigan and New York where they moved sick people into nursing homes, which guaranteed those people were going to die. And honestly, this, some people are going to have to be. <sighs> Some's going to have to happen. They're going to have to be put on trial. There's going to have to be. There's going to have to be a Nuremberg-style trial for the COVID. Sorry, sorry, I'm not letting it go. My kids' <laughs> academic careers were ruined. <laughs> I ain't done. I ain't done. But, you know, the DNC, they've been, uh, you know, telling everybody that, uh, you know, uh, white people are evil, and then, then they've allowed the anti Semitism to rise because they have, uh, you know, anti Semitic people in Congress and, and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But Democrat National Committee members are reeling from the violent pro Palestinian process that took place at the DNC headquarters on Wednesday. Uh, one congressional representative said it scared them more than January the 6th. Well, I have no pity for you. I have no pity at all sorry suckers I just say evacuate the building and if they burn it down it's on you you idiots you you know you defunded the police and the city's burned around America and you want to do it again well you know what maybe it's time a Democrat building got hit maybe it's time a Democrat building got sacked maybe it's time a Democrat uh building got looted maybe it's time Honestly, screw them. Screw them. Sorry, you did it. You did it. I have no pity at all for the Democrat Party. And, and this iteration of the Democrat Party, I swear to God. Capitol Police Department announced on Twitter, I'm not saying X, at the same, day, same time they were working to keep back approximately 150 people who were l- illegally and violently protesting. Why are they not in jail? Why are they in solitary confinement? Why are they not being tortured like the January the 6th prisoners? And they are. Lawmakers were evacuated from the HQ and the U.S. House Office buildings were locked down due to the event. Scared me more than January the sixth. Someone sent out word for people to come back and police, and it's not safe. Police were wearing gas masks. This would not peaceful. <laughs> wow. Six officers treated for injuries, ranging from minor cuts to being pepper sprayed and punched. Wow. You people are so stupid, I just can't take it. They knew only that members of Congress were inside, could not leave, and that protesters would not let police go through. Forcing police to guess intent is irresponsible and dangerous. Now, this is what they did to the courthouse in uh, in Portland. This is what Antifa did. They locked people in and they tried to burn the damn thing down. I think there were a whole bunch of members of Hamas who did that in kibbutzes. Yeah, kind of real similar, real similar modus operandi. And then there, of course, is uh, Eric Adams. And Eric Adams is not a very intelligent man. If you don't believe me, listen to him talk. <clears throat> Sorry. You know, it's not just a style of talking. He's not I'm not qualified to be the mayor. And a couple of things going on. Eric Adams, uh, he's really upset that New York is a sanctuary city that he said was a sanctuary city and would welcome all outsiders to come there. And so did Kathy Hochul. And then they realized, oh, crap, they're actually going to come here and not just wreck, you know, border town communities. New York is on the ropes. (laughs) New York is on the ropes, man. I'm telling you. And uh, he announced that. Are you ready for this? And Libs should be very happy they're going to have to defund the police because they don't have the money because they're taking care of illegals in five-star hotels. I mean, really. Listen to Eric Adams. This is just so, you know, and I, I feel bad for the good people of New York. I really do because I think that city is amazing. But I'm going to tell you, you Democrats, you know, this is you. This is your judgment day right here. My fellow New Yorkers, in recent
6: months, our administration has delivered for you over and over again. Jobs are up. Crime is down, and every day we're delivering for
1: working people. But no, you're for not. Months, no, you're not. You've heard me talk. No, about- you're not. No, you're not. And you know what? This—the <clears throat> reason why I call him an idiot—is because he just wants more money. He doesn't care about the people of New York and the inconvenience and the torture they're going through. He just wants more federal money. Otherwise, he'd say, President Biden, I need you to shut down this border and stop this. So he's fine with illegals coming in. He, has he said anything about the, the Venezuelan red light district that has sprung up that children have to walk through on the way to school and see prostitutes, many of them, their age, working there? Have they come across the border? But he isn't saying that. No, no, no. He just wants
6: more money. About the fiscal challenges our city is facing <laughs> as the course of the asylum seeker humanitarian crises have skyrocketed, placing great
1: strain on our budget. But you're a sanctuary city, man. What, what is the problem here? You were perfectly. Give me your tired, your poor, your illegal, you're infected with COVID, your gang members, your murderers, and your rapists. At the same time, bring me your fentanyl. Bring me your fentanyl and your Chinese nationals of military age. Time, COVID-19 stimulus
6: funding is sunsetting. We have been clear. Boo frickity who! Your COVID funding uh, it's finally sunsetted. That without significant your COVID fraud finally sunsetted. In timely action, from our state and federal partners, we will be forced to make some tough choices. Oh yeah.
1: As we have made these hard choices. Now now listen what he's doing here. Because this is affecting New Yorkers. The choices that he's making are not to restrict illegals coming in, not to demand that the border be closed, but we're going to cut cops, we're going to cut education, and all of that. See what I'm doing? He doesn't care about you New Yorkers, you Yorkers. He doesn't care about you. Because he's, he's continuing the same policy and recognizing its deleterious effect on the city and who's going to get who's going to pay for it who's going to not physically, like money pay for it but pay for
6: this choices well-being of new yorkers has always been our top priority clearly it is not we have not only managed taxpayer dollars responsibly <laughs>
1: That's fantastic. Bill de Blasio's wife got a billion dollars to solve the mental health crisis in New York City, and they don't know where the money went. And balance the
6: budget oh. as required by law. But we have oh, okay. done so while minimizing disruption to the services New Yorkers rely on. And what are you going to do now to in punish In September. Them? What are you going to do to punish the citizens of New York that pay a buttload of taxes to live there? Directed every city agency to reduce city funded spending by 5%. Mm-hmm. Since then, every agency has found savings. Every agency has found savings. Minimum disruption to services and no tax increases. Our efforts were successful. Today, we are delivering our November financial plan update with
1: a balanced budget. Do you remember what I said about, uh, you know, how he's not, no, I know he's not that intelligent. Uh, I'm just going to drop this microphone.
6: Just like you <laughs> and your
1: families must do
6: When you sit down at your kitchen table and pay your bills every month.
1: Yeah, but we don't do stupid crap. Like, I don't know, invite people to live in our house and use all of our stuff and destroy everything. And then we pay for it. But while we succeeded,
6: make no mistake, we are not out of the woods. We added billions
1: of... I can't take it anymore. I can't can't listen to him anymore. I can't. He's like a male camel, Harris. But he was a cop. I don't care. I don't care. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, this is good. Thank God for the FBI. Thank you, God, for the FBI. Thank you for keeping us safe. An eight-week-old infant son of a January the 6th defendant was placed on the government's Quiet Skies terrorist watch list. Thank God for our DHS and our FBI. Because this baby could have had a bomb in his diaper. Trust me, I had two kids. Uh, my son could leave a bomb in that diaper. I'm like, how did it end up between your shoulder blades? How in the hell did that happen? Yeah, yeah, there you go. So an uh, eight-week-old incident was placed on the secretive terror watch list known as the Quiet Skies last night. According to A.J. Fisher, the only suspect, but not uh, the only suspected, but not so reasonable explanation for this designation is that Fisher is a J-6 defendant and the infant's father. Mm-hmm. Does this come as a surprise to you? Doesn't come as a surprise to me. They're that stupid. Yeah, they literally put on the JetBlue ticket. <laughs> wow. <laughs> we can't be having any tailless babies on our plane. Those babies need to get in our bellies. So stupid. I mean, geez. Oh, this is fantastic. This is fantastic. Listen to this. I don't get this. I heard people talking about this last night. But if you are a fan of corporal punishment in school, you might want to listen, okay? For those of you who support corporal punishment in school, and I don't, by the way, you touch my kid, I'm going to smack you upside the head. Uh, But you don't punish my kid physically. Ain't going to happen. I like to say that corporal punishment should be reserved for adults in the privacy of their own bedrooms. Not that I do, but anyway. Uh, Chaplain of... The chaplain of a private liberal arts college in Memphis, Tennessee, reportedly tried to hold a BDSM workshop. Rhodes College chaplain, are you ready for her name? Beatrix. (laughs) Beatrix. Beatrix is the perfect SM name, S&M name. Hello, I'm Mistress Beatrix. (laughs) This is so fantastic. So Beatrix Weill... An ordained Presbyterian minister had planned to host a local dominitrix to share wisdom on how to safely, sanely, and consensually learn about bondage, discipline, dominations, sadism, submission. All the things that uh, that the uh, the Democrat Party does with uh, radical Islam. they just like, bring it. We'll take it. We don't care. And masochism. <clears throat> BDSM 101. Invitation obtained by the uh, by uh, who who I think this was Fox Thirteen Fox Thirteen. So Rhodes College, affiliated with the Presbyterian Church, told the outlet the uh, event was canceled as it uh, came to our attention. It was not a college san- sanctioned event. No such event is planned for our campus. Who who honestly who? <laughs> there's something wrong with you. If you, as an adult, particularly as a reverend. Want to teach college kids BDSM. That to me says grooming, 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 of course. All right, let's take a break. We got to come back. This is The Rob Carson Show. That's my song. Audio Slave, Show Me How to Live. I was having a conversation last night after the event talking about um, this song. Um, and uh, and I, I have always contended this song has enormously religious uh, connotations because he, he says, uh, you gave me life, now show me how to live. It was even shouting at God and saying, you, sh- you gave me life, show me how to live. Because I can't do this by myself. That's what he committed suicide, by the way. He was my greatest, my greatest singer of all time, Chris Cornell. Here's, a, here, listen to this. Nail in my hand from my creator, you gave me life. Now show me how to live. Wow. Let the stains remind me. You thought you made a man. You better think again before my role defines you. Nail in my hand from my creator, you gave me life. Now show me how to live. I just love that song. I really do. And uh, and I think I've kind of been shown the way. I you know maybe finally, hopefully, we will see. Um, okay, so. I've been talking to you about social contagion and teenage girls and um, young young girls, you know. Um, and I don't mean to discount anyone, but there is a maturity that happens. It, it differs for different ages, but there are groups of people who are more susceptible to social contagion. And it just so happens that teenage girls are one of the groups. And if you look at the transgender nonsense that was taught in school, the girls in high school and, and uh, whatnot tend to be um, a little bit more, um, susceptible to bullying, uh, very, very. Um, as you go through puberty and whatnot, you you are you have some esteem issues or a lot of things going on, and so you had a bunch of adults, creepy, creepy adults, uh, start preaching about you'd be happy if you changed your gender. The most the most depressed kids who are on the verge of any any adult who a kid says. You know, And everybody says, well, being, you know, wanting to be transgender isn't a mental Ill- illness. Well, any adult who hears from their kid, let me change genders or I'll kill myself, that means your kid's mentally ill. I mean, that's just the way it is. If your kid says, I need to do this or I'm going to kill myself, you need to say, I need to get you some psychiatric help. Not an endocrinologist to give you puberty blockers. You know, they. I've been to think about that. That your demand is that do what I want or I'll kill myself and I'm supposed to think that you're you know well apparently um, this uh, there are these these kids online and they are reading this uh, this letter from bin Laden the letter to America and some of these young women are online praising bin Laden they think they've had their eyes open I want you to listen to a little bit of these tiktokers
5: so I just read a letter to America and I will never look at life the same. I feel like I'm going through like an existential crisis right now.
1: So this is a really good example of narrative control. Yeah, they, uh, they're fooled by it. Uh, they're the same ones who uh, fell for the transgender stuff. Um, and I listen, in my life, there are several young women in high school. Not my daughter. My daughter is a rock pin. You don't want to mess with my daughter. My daughter, Avery. Oh, my God. You have no idea. You just don't mess with her. I don't mess with her. She's, but but there are other people that you know. might I've heard of, and and we got friends. They have a friend. Their daughter, same age as my daughter, same age, decided she was going to be transgender. Changed her name. Came up with a new name. uh, did not do the hormones and all that. One day after all of this unhappiness and all of this, this, and this, and all of this and that, he's sitting down. And the parents had been very patient. They were not going to go for the hormones and all that crap. They were not going to go for that. They told her that. And one day, she woke up, and they were sitting in the living room having of a conversation. And she said, Mom and Dad, yeah. I'm never going to be a boy, am I? They said, no, you're never going to be a... What's going to happen is you're going to... You're going to take a big piece of skin off your arm and fashion it into a prosthetic penis. That doesn't work; it's non-functioning. You're going to remove your breasts. You're going to have a hysterectomy, and you're going to wake up when you're 25 and realize you never have children. And there's a good chance you'll have osteoporosis by the time you're 28, and you'll be dead by 45. They didn't say that I did, but she realized I can't. I can't. Can't. Can't do it. That's just, you know, that's the social contagion. So if you fall for TikTok and you'll fall for a letter from Bin Laden, I told you this, and Ben Stein told me when I interviewed him the day before yesterday, when I told him my analogy, he said, you are one smart mofo. That's what Ben Stein said. You know what I said? I said, because this is the same syndrome that causes women to fall in love with death row inmates. you ever wonder about that? You look at it and you're like... This psychotic woman is has fallen in love with Charles Manson. This is the this is the the uh, like for instance, uh, my wife when she saw me she said, "Well, first of all, damn." Uh, but second of all, women a lot of times they'll they'll say, "You know what? I, I there's somebody that I like. He's not what I want, but I can change him." Kind of that. I'm not meaning to be sexist. I'm just telling the truth. I know women. I know, you know, I know. And they're just, I'm not saying everybody. But they were, and, and, and maybe they look at, at these, these uh, men, maybe there's a danger to it, there's whatever. But it's the same thing. It's the same social contagion. We got to take a break. Come back and wrap up this show from Baltimore, WCBM Radio, in just a couple minutes. This is The Rob Carson Show. That is going to do it for the show today, ladies and gentlemen. Have a glorious weekend. Thank you, Michelle, for being my producer today. Thank you, the staff and management of this glorious radio station, WCBM, and in uh, glorious Baltimore, God bless Mary. Pray for her this weekend. God bless America, Israel, and you. And until Monday, don't catch the stupid. I'll see you then.